Good morning and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. I just want to uh, encourage you to continue to, uh, to hold tight as we uh, hang out at home. Uh, I have a few announcements I do want to share with you this morning. Uh, one announcement is it comes from the uh, Northeast Food Pantry. Uh, and Mark Cooney and, and the boys and ladies uh, who are working down there, uh, they are asking uh, that we would announce um, that if you're out shopping, if you could grab a couple extra things, uh, cereal is appreciated, canned goods or dry food. Um, they are not uh, having trouble financially as much as they're having trouble um, getting uh, some of these things to help people in need. And so they're asking that you would, if you would uh, grab some of those things, put them in a bag. They are taking those uh, for drop-off times Monday through Friday from 10 to 11 and 1 to 2 uh, right at the food pantry. They are much appreciative of that. Also, I'd like to make mention that Wednesday night there's a devotion uh, that shows up on the YouTube channel. And also... Um, of course, this, is, uh, this shows up on Sunday morning along with the kids' church on Sunday morning. And uh, I want to encourage you to keep calling your friends. Keep spending time uh, on the phone, doing uh, Zoom over, over the web, uh, whatever you need to do to, to stay connected. Don't feel bad about calling us if you need something. Give us a buzz. Um, if you need someone to talk to, that's okay. We're, we're here for that. If we can't get a hold of you, we will uh, get back to you when we get a chance. If there are needs, let us know. Um, we're trying to work and help people who have needs uh, in our community. We still are open uh, in that way. Um, we're really praying that this will be uh, over soon and that we'll be back together in the sanctuary soon, um, worshiping God together. Uh, so hang in there. Uh, hopefully in a couple weeks here, we'll be back together. Thank you. So this morning's passage comes from uh, John chapter 20, 24 through 31. I titled this sermon series, The Rest of the Story. John 20, 24 through 31. Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where his nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. 
Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be together uh, through the internet. Thankful to be together uh, in this um, new way. And yet, Lord, uh, we yearn to be together as one in community. And so, Lord, uh, we, we gather knowing that this is uh, not our permanent plan. We gather together knowing, Lord, that you care and love over us and that we too, Lord, uh, will be back together with each other shortly. Lord, we quiet our hearts and we're thankful this morning for a chance to sit around your word to hear the rest of the story. Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts and our minds, give us wisdom. Uh, Lord, help us to be honest with who we are. We're quick to blame the doubting Thomases. But if we're honest, Lord, and we look at our heart, there are times and moments in our life where we struggle too with doubt. And so, Lord, I ask that you would bring those to mind that we might rationalize um, in our own minds the reality that we too are sinners, broken people who struggle. And Lord, like Thomas needed uh, some signs, he needed you to show up. I pray that you would show up in our lives. Lord, I pray for those who even this morning aren't sure about whether this was a great story, a great ruse, a great uh, story maybe, Lord, that... Uh, was just made up. I pray for those who are doubting uh, their faith this morning, who are struggling in those areas, Lord, where they just aren't sure how this all fits and works out. Lord, I pray for those who are anxious this morning, who feel very anxiety-ridden because we are in a world of uncertainty. I pray, Lord, that they would hear this this morning and remember to focus their attention towards you. That, Lord, in the midst of all the dark and hard things, that they would focus on your love of them. And that their faith would grow through that. In your name we pray. Amen. So, good morning. I, I pray that you're doing well and that you're uh, being careful. Uh, hopefully soon we will be together. I jokingly said if I give you a date today, um, I'm sure the government would change it tomorrow. So, uh I'll hold off. Um, we, are, we are encouraged that um, we're going to be back together pretty soon as, as one in this sanctuary, uh, spending time together um, praising God. I, I look forward to that morning um, when we can all be one. Uh, we're not sure exactly when that is, but keep, uh, keep posted. I want to remind you that I ask all of you to uh, work on a list. Hopefully your list looks like this has lots of things on it. Um, I wanted to remind you to keep working on that list. You may not, you may remember that our list was all of God's goodness that I see during this time of lockdown. And so I want to encourage you to continue to work on your list. Work on your list and, and what I'm encouraging you to do is every day write one thing, spend a few minutes in um, prayer and contemplation and talking to God and and uh, write one thing that you think 
Um, and you have seen that God's goodness uh, has shown through in this dark and hard time. Uh, this morning I wrote uh, mine for the day and I realized it was a repeat. Um, and I think that's okay. Uh, it was a repeat because um, this goodness was important. And I've seen it more than once in the last couple of weeks. Please keep this list in your Bible where you're reading. Don't forget to write on it. And please keep it because you are going to need it in the future. All right. So this morning we're looking at uh, a passage uh, that I wanted to title the series, The Rest of the Story. Uh, it, you may or may not remember um, a man by the name of Paul Harvey. As a child, uh, my grandparents would listen to Paul Harvey on the radio. This was long before there was a lot of, uh, uh, as much news as we're uh, privy to these days. It's on our Facebook, it's on YouTube, it's on uh, our, our website feed and on TV constantly, any time of the day. Uh, but before then, there used to be uh, less news and there would be, but my grandparents would, would listen to the radio every day at lunchtime to this uh, ABC sports uh, or ABC news broadcaster by the name of Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey would share the news every day. Uh, and I think he did it three times a day, actually. But we listened to it at lunchtime. And so when we would come in for lunch and we would be together, we'd, Grandma would turn on the radio and we would listen to Paul Harvey. And uh, Paul Harvey had a, a way about him. He would share the news and then he would end with a story. And he would tell you about half of the story and then go to commercial. He would leave it like a cliffhanger. He would tell you some of the story and then he would stop and he said, um, after these commercials, I'll tell you the rest of the story. And so, so Paul Harvey had this way about, uh, about his, his, uh, his delivery that really was intriguing. He would tell you enough of the story that you really wanted to, to hear the rest of the story and you wanted to hear the details of what was going on. And, and so Paul earned a living doing this for a long time. And uh, I appreciated the way he uh, and would say that. And, and for some of you who, who can remember that his uh, voice, you probably remember, because when he came back from the commercials, he would say, and now for the rest of the story. And, uh, and so today we're gonna look at this passage uh, that looks at the rest of Jesus's story. So last week we were, uh, we were in John chapter 20 and we're looking at this, this crescendo of, uh, of our faith really in, in a lot of ways. Jesus had gone to the cross, had died, had been in this tomb and, and had uh, risen again. And he had come out. He had come out of this grave, an unprecedented and uh, unbelievable time for believers in the world. So we're going to spend the next three weeks looking at some passages that help us to understand the rest of the story. Today we're going to look at John chapter uh, 20 verses 24 through 31. Next week we'll look at uh, John chapter 21. And the week after that we're going to look at Acts chapter 1. So I encourage you to read the end of John and the beginning of, of Acts. We're going to kind of look at um, the rest of the story. And I think it's important to help us uh, to wrap that all up 
and to help us understand what was going on at that time. Because the reality is this, if only a few followers ever saw Jesus, it could have been a well-planned ruse, uh, a well-planned uh, story that they had made up that Jesus had raised from the dead, that he was no longer in the tomb, uh, that he wasn't who he said he was. And I think there are people today who struggle with that part of thinking, well, you know, was, did it, I didn't see him. I wasn't there. I'm not positive that that is really what happened. And so I want to share with you a few of those passages and really to help us uh, work and continue to grow in our faith. I think it's important for us to understand the rest of the story. I want to share, uh, there was a, a time when uh, Mother Teresa uh, died years ago and, um, and someone got a hold of her journals. And when they got a hold of her journals, she was chided for her doubt at moments in her faith. And I don't know if you know what Mother Teresa did, but Mother Teresa had a, uh, a shelters and homeless uh, places where she kept uh, HIV patients and she fed people who were uh, sick and she took care of the needy. That was what she did for her life. And when, when after she died, they got a hold of her journals and they, they did it. They shared some of her stories, some of her concerns, some of her doubt. And people said, how could Mother Teresa, this woman of such great faith, have any doubts? How could she go about life not being able to hold tight to her faith? And I thought that was kind of an unfair uh, shot especially after she had passed, um, for her to be challenged in her faith about whether she had doubts. Another person that comes to mind is a man by the name of uh, Tyler Joseph, a uh, band member of 21 Pilots, if, if, you're a, if you like some of the newer music. Um, when he was writing his latest album called Trench, um, I saw a, a video uh, in an article where he shared how... Um, how raw it was for him to challenge his faith ideal um, and how hard it was to go and to ask himself those tough questions about the doubt that he had in his faith. Um, that doesn't mean he doesn't have faith, but what, it, what he was saying was this, his parents had instilled a faith in him. And he said, you know, my parents created me, so I should have the closest faith that they, closest thing to the, a mirror of the faith that they have because they both have faith and they created me and he says I look now and I say well my parents faith is different than my faith and it doesn't look the same and he said you know I had to take the time and energy to explore that and to understand what my faith looked personally with God and not what my parents faith looked like because he says you know you think it should have looked just like theirs and yet, he said, the further I went, the more raw it got, the more I dug into those doubts and cares and concerns and fears that I had. He said, I realized that I needed to grow this faith of my own. And then he says, you know, I went on to solidify my faith, but I had to take the time and the energy and I had to go, and what he says in one article, he says, I had to go 
as close to the edge of my faith to really understand what my faith was about. And, and so I want to encourage you that uh, as we look at this passage, there's all, all of us have some doubts and we all have some struggles and we have some concerns about our faith. And I think those are good things. Uh, those are good for us to ask those questions. See, we might not appreciate that because we don't always appreciate that we are unique individuals that God has created with unique emotions and unique abilities. And each of us are in the image of God. We are image bearers, Omega Day. We're image bearers of God. And, and yet we all have these unique pieces of us that make us different than everyone else. And so our faith, although we have this overarching Christian faith, there are probably, there are pieces in our faith that look a little bit different than maybe our mom or our dad or our grandma or our wife or our kids. And so I want to encourage you as we read this passage, as we think about Thomas in this moment, thinking about his faith and how, uh, how different it would it was. See, because I think we love to call Thomas the big doubter, do we not? And the reality is that we all have a bit of Thomas in us. And so the beginning of this passage reminds me uh, that we need to allow that doubt to help us grow closer to God. As the scripture says, Thomas isn't with his friends. He's not with his buddies. His buddies come and uh, they tell him about Jesus. Uh, you can read that in uh, John 20, 19 through 24. Um, that's some of the backstory. But they tell him about Jesus. They say, hey, we've, we met Jesus. We saw him. He said, they tell him, we saw him alive. And my first thought is, Pictures or it didn't happen, right? Oh, wait, they didn't have cell phones then to take selfies with Jesus. And so we're, as the passage goes, we're eight days out. So that would be like tomorrow that, that Jesus um, appears to Thomas. Let's ask, I'll ask you this question that came to me. If you're honest with yourself, if one of your friends died, your best friend died, if someone you love died and you saw them ceasing to breathe, you see them in a casket, you put them in the ground or a tomb or wherever, and someone were to come to you and say, I saw them walking down the road. I saw, I saw your friend walking down the road. In your heart of hearts, you would want to believe that that happened. But let's be honest. Any one of us would have doubts that our best friend was walking down the road. This person we had saw had ceased to, to breathe and be alive. And we had went through the, uh, the funeral and the showing and uh, the burial and all those things. It would be difficult for us to recognize or even really to accept this idea that they were alive. And I think Thomas responds in exactly the same way we would respond. He says, well, unless I touch him, unless I can see him, unless I'm able to see him with my own eyes, 
I am not going to believe it. I think it was genuine that Thomas was able to say that and that he was trying to sort it out. See, he remembered what Jesus had said, just like the other disciples, but he wasn't privy to seeing him at that time. And I think it's important for us to realize that, um, that having some doubts is not all bad. That I'd rather have some doubts than have a blind faith that never questions anything. I think it's important for us to understand that I'll take a doubter any day. Because I believe that's how we grow in our faith. If we get that doubt and we question that and we seek God and we ask God to show himself and his power, we're much better off. You may remember uh, Judges chapter 6 and Gideon and his fleece, right? That's a story we all know. That uh, God comes to Gideon and says, yo, mighty warrior. And Gideon says, wait, um, uh, you must, have, must be the guy behind me because I'm the wimpiest of the wimpiest of the wimpiest. I'm not... I'm not the guy you're looking for. And, and him and God have this conversation. Uh, they have this conversation about uh, what they're going to do. And Gideon's not real sure that he's up for this plan that God has. And, and God wants him to take out the Midianite army. Um, I, I challenge you to read Judges chapter 6 and 7. I won't give you all the details. Because we always uh, uh, put the, the story of the fleece on Gideon, but there were other there were other uh, signs that happened before this, and a sign that happened after this. So I encourage you to spend some time in Scripture to look at that. But but the story of the fleece is this: God and uh, Gideon are to, together, and, um, and he says, "Okay, I'm, I, I want to do this for you, God, but I'm I'm not really sure I'm going to be able to pull this off, and I'm not really sure it's you, and I'm not sure it's I'm going to be able to handle this." Or do this. And so I'll tell you what, God, I'll take this fleece, you know, a piece of um, sheep uh, wool, and I'll lay it out. And I'll lay it out overnight, and then come tomorrow morning, uh, if the dew is on the fleece only and not anywhere else, I'll believe you. And I'll, believe, and I'll do what you ask me to do. And so Gideon's a doubt is doubting God and doubting that God can do this and God can continue to work uh, and make him a mighty warrior. And so God delivers like he always does. He delivers a piece of uh, the fleece is wet and everything around it is dry. And then, of course, Gideon does what we all do. We, we should call him doubting Gideon, right? Um, he says, okay, God, one more. I just need one more. He says, how about... Um, if tonight you make the fleece dry and everything else around it wet. And of course God shows up just like he always shows up. Of course, if you read the rest of the story, you'll find out that God gives uh, Gideon some men, but then he says, well, you got too many men and then you got too many men and you got too many men. And he says, you know, Gideon, if I allow you to have all those men, you'll actually believe that you were the one uh, who delivered this army into your hands. And he says, so I'm going to take away all those options. I'm going to take away all those options, Gideon. I'm going to show you that I am God. And 
of course, we know in chapter 7 that God delivers the Midianite army into Gideon's hands, like he said. But did you notice that Gideon was a doubter? And in the end, God still did his work. And how about Thomas? Did Thomas believe? Absolutely he believed. It took him a little longer. It took him a little while. He needed to see Jesus and to experience that. And yet, the scripture tells us he did believe. He, actually, he believed and Jesus says, Blessed are those who don't see me and are able to believe. There's one thing we can learn from Thomas is that, that if our doubt uh, can do anything, it can drive us to seek God like we've never done before. The doubt that uh, Thomas had was, it, it led him to Jesus. Yeah, he went the long way. He went the long path. Gee, that doesn't sound all that unfamiliar to me. I've gone the long path, and I'm sure uh, you on the other side of this have gone the long path. We tend to be slow learners. And yet God shows up in his power, in his mercy, and he delivers. And that's the second point of this passage, that when God shows up, we need to pay attention. You see where Jesus shows up and he tells Thomas, touch my side. That will ease some of your doubt. He says, I'm here, so pay attention. Did you notice he didn't have to open the door? I think that's pretty interesting. It says the door is locked. They're locked the door to protect themselves from uh, the Jewish leaders. And they're just really hunkered down. Sound familiar? They're hunkered down in this, uh, in this room and Jesus comes into the room, not ever unlocking the door or opening it. I think a lot of times when we, we doubt God and we, be, we ask him to show up, when he shows up, we're not paying attention. We've already given up. We've already drifted away. We've already walked away from the things um, that he's doing, and we fail to ever see him in the middle of that. What might have happened had Thomas ignored Jesus when he showed up? What might have happened had Thomas said, I'm out of here, I'm leaving, and I'll never believe this. What do you do when God shows up in your life? See, a lot of times we say, God, show me a sign. Give me a sign that helps me to know that it was you. And when he gives us a sign, what do we do? We don't pay attention to that sign. We don't trust that it was still God. And we might do the Gideon thing. Well, God, show me another sign. And he shows up just like he always does. God, you don't understand. I need, I need this much money or I'm going to be evicted. And he shows up. He shows up. He makes a way. He takes care of your needs, not your wants. Remember that. He takes care of our needs and not our wants all the time. He does bless us with uh, some of our wants, but it's not... It's not his job to give us everything we ever wanted. I encourage you to think about when God shows up to pay attention. To recognize in your own life that when he shows up, when he works in your life, when those moments, I think of all those moments when God shows up. I want to share a quick story with you. Um, last fall I was working on, or last summer, 
I was working on my practicum slash internship to finish my program uh, at Geneva. And it was very frustrating. My program is in Pittsburgh and I'm in Erie and I didn't want to go to Pittsburgh for my internship. Um, and so I was doing a lot of the legwork on my own. Um, and doing that legwork on my own meant I had to call places where I could try to get in. Uh, places where, uh, where I could get my hours and they would have me to, uh, to do this. It's a requirement of my program to have uh, so many hours uh, in a place that allows me to do what I've learned to do. And so, uh, long story short, I, made, I called and made contact to 15 different um, places, some mental health places in Erie. 15. Now, mind you, most of my friends and colleagues uh, in my program um, really had to pick. Uh, they, there were over 200 choices, and they, they would just literally call, and they would be um, in. But because the program's not up here in Erie, and I'm fighting uh, or I'm, I'm working against uh, programs in Edinburgh and Gannon, uh, that challenge was to try to find somewhere um, that would allow me to get my hours, that I didn't have to drive to Pittsburgh to try to get my hours. And so it was very frustrating at times uh, to make phone calls and to get no's or to get no responses or no replies. And um, I literally have a list in my phone of the 15 places that I called. And I can't help but I was reminded this week as all of my friends, all of my colleagues are now out of their internships because nothing in the world is open, that my internship although it was 15th on my list, is still open and is still allowing me to gain hours. I literally have not lost a minute of the time uh, to gain hours um, for my internship. And I was reminded this week of God's provision that I wasn't, up until now, I wasn't paying attention. Mind you, this was last summer when, it, when it was, I was working on this and it was tough. It was so frustrating to get a phone call and another no, another no, another no. I mean, we're, ta we're talking a lot of no's. And my 15th one is really the only one that's still open today. All those other programs, all those other places would have been closed and there would not, there's, they're not working and they're not doing uh, any internships. And so I was reminded of God's provision that when I finally paid attention, that he was, he's been working in this since last summer. He knew that this COVID thing would happen. He knew that this is the one I needed, that this is the program and the place I needed to be to work in, uh, to get a chance to work with people, to share who I am and my faith and to work uh, in other people's lives. And I am so thankful for his provision this morning as he has continued to be faithful. The key was me paying attention. It was me recognizing that even if I didn't understand last summer or last fall, that he still had the plan worked out. Finally, the story ends. It's, and uh, this is how John ends the, the scripture. Uh, it says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. John is telling us, listen, doubter, this story's for you. 
The story reminds you that God still loves doubters. That even though you struggle to have faith, that you struggle with those questions that aren't answered, that he still loves us. He came for those doubters. He came for those Thomases all over the world. Because if we're honest, we're each one of those, each one of us are doubting Thomases. Because at some point in our life, we thought we figured out and knew how to do it on our own. And so at those moments, we doubt that there is a God or that a God exists or that a God even cares. We've tried to do it on our own. And in that, those moments, that's the doubt coming through. And Jesus says, here, touch my side. Touch my hands. Let me see. See this, Thomas? I died for you. That's what Jesus is telling us. Do you see this? I died for you. I went to the cross for you. I rose again for you. He says, listen, I want you to understand that even in your doubt, you have believed, he tells Thomas. Blessed are those who haven't seen my hands and still believe. I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have that opportunity. If you're feeling anxious and worked up, uh, worked up and, and, and feeling worried about what's going on in this life, Jesus says that I have come to save the lost. I have come to save you who are terrified and, and afraid. I have come to give you peace. In Philippians 4, or Philippians, uh, yeah, Philippians 4, he talks about having a peace that passes understanding. And I go to that scripture about daily these days. Because honestly, if we watch the news, if you talk to too many people, you're going to not feel that peace. You're going to feel a very anxiety-ridden uh, time in your life. Uh, I talk to the older generation, and a lot of people say, I have never had this before. I've never had to deal with being quarantined before. Jesus says, I can give you peace that passes understanding. I was at a funeral one time with a bunch of kids, teenagers, and I stood in the back for a couple, three hours. And in the midst of that time, what was very unsettling in that funeral home was so many tears and hurt and pain and fear and trying to gather and understanding death. And I stood back there encouraging and hugging and holding crying teenagers. And I look back at that moment and I realized this, that somehow in the midst of that mess, that chaos, there was peace that passed understanding. I had peace that I was exactly where God wanted me to be at that exact moment and that he was going to take care of the issues that were there. It passes understanding because I can't rationalize it. I can't make it one plus two equals three. It's kind of like what Thomas struggled with, right? 
I can't understand how I watched this Jesus, my friend Jesus on the cross, bleed to death, to suffocate, to die. I saw him laid in a tomb and wrapped in cloth, carried dead to this tomb. The stone rolled in its... I can't add that up. And Thomas couldn't add that up in his mind. One plus two could not equal something other than three. And that's why he was doubting. That's why he was at that moment saying, I need to see his side. I need to see his hands. I need to know with my own eyes that that is Jesus. If you don't have that relationship, I encourage you this morning to close your eyes, to call on God, to ask him to come into your life. To just, just it's as simple as, listen, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't have what it takes. I have to drop some pride in the middle of this and say, I don't have the ability to do it on my own. I need some help. There are lots of people who say this is a crutch for the weak or for the masses. Yes, it's a crutch because I need a crutch because I can't do it on my own. I encourage you to take some time and look at the doubt that you're struggling with in your life. And take that doubt and call on God and ask him to show up in your life. And see what happens. If you do that and he shows up, give me a call. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for Thomas's, even though Lord he doubted, he come to you, he found you in the midst of uh, this dark and hard time. Lord, I pray for those who are doubting even now, who are torn between a belief of you raising from the dead and walking out of that grave to how could someone ever do that? We don't see that today and that couldn't have happened. It was just a well-crafted story that a few of his friends made up. Lord, I pray that uh, for those who struggle with doubt today, that you would be working in their lives, that you would challenge those moments. Lord, I pray that you would bring someone alongside of them, someone who they can call, someone who they can share their concerns and doubts with. And Lord, I pray that that person that you put on their heart would have the, the answers they need. Because Lord, we know that that's how you show up. You show up in, uh, in your people. You show up uh, in your word. You show up just in time for all those things we have need of. Lord, we'll give you the praise and honor because you are the one. You are the, the, the mighty king of this world. Lord, we ask for your hand in, um, in this COVID-19 um, mess that we have. That you continue to protect us as a congregation, as a people. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling this morning uh, to, to, be, uh, to be alive, who are struggling um, with, the, uh, with other issues in their life. Lord, we pray for those who are in the hospital alone, uh, who are very scared and afraid. I pray, Lord, that you continue to work in their life that you would show up to them today. And Lord, we would recognize your hand in our life. In your name we pray. Amen.